0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the New Reality Network podcast. This is episode two. I am one of your hosts, Thomas Lynch, and I'm joined by, as ever, Mr. VR himself, Mike Smith. Hey. How are you doing, Mike?
1: Yeah, I'm awake. (laughs) (laughs) That's great enthusiasm there, Mike. Great enthusiasm. What What a way to kick (laughs) off the show. Yeah, to be fair, we've had a busy couple of days, so. A couple
2: of weeks, I would say.
1: yeah. Weeks, yeah. So no. I'm just catching up with everything, and obviously we've got our <laughs> World Congress and stuff. So, Indeed. Yeah.
0: Now we have a we have a special guest here, but uh, what do you think of Mike's name, Mr. VR? I think it works. So I should get it as a t-shirt. You, thing. Thing. you, you see? You see? It's Mr. catching on.
1: on so you've got Colin Was Right
0: t-shirt, and Indeed. I'll have a Mr. VR yeah. t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to work, I think. Yeah, yeah. An, yeah, an yeah. event, event extraordinaire over there. Indeed, <laughs> up there. An event <laughs> extraordinaire, How are we doing, it? Tired, but okay.
1: Seems to be a running theme here. We're all tired.
0: To be fair, if you are sitting... 12 hours in a TV studio in one day, then I think we are tired. That's a good point, yeah. I do have a newfound appreciation for people that do that on a daily basis. You know, the hosts and stuff from TV broadcasts. <laughs> I love the way you were looking at me at that point. <laughs> 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 I have a you've got you through, through Mike. I blame you, I blame you. And as I, and as I mentioned, we have a very special guest, Robert McCoughlin. Hello. How are you right? doing? I'm oh, good, thanks. Oh, I'm not tired, actually.
2: Yeah, okay, so great. I'm so <laughs> great. I'm, against the normal, I'm, I'm not tired, I'm perfectly fine. So that's pretty good. So. But
0: I'm a fill of coffee, so that's pretty good.
1: You're responsible for the enthusiasm at this show.
0: You're, You're responsible at right. all? No. <laughs> so for the Uninitiated, as I mentioned, this is the New Reality Network podcast where uh, we talk about VR and 360-degree video, bring a topic of discussion uh, to each episode where we talk about for 10, 15 minutes or so uh, but before we jump into this week's topic, I thought um, if you could introduce yourself, Robert, to the to the people. Tell them a bit about yourself, what you do. Yeah, I'm a uh,
2: lecturer here at BCU. Cool. Um, well, I, I teach kind of business support management over in the School of Digital Media Technology, mm-hmm. uh, but also work with our department within the areas of research as well. So a lot of the guys are in the DMT lab uh, are looking at this kind of technology, looking at virtual reality technologies, looking at augmented reality technologies, uh, and applying that not just in, in gaming, which is Important you know, to be me, yeah. It is. um, but also the idea of medical uh research, um, the idea of using it as a kind of another way, another interest to be able to uh, uh use new technologies, um, in I would say practical ways because that seems like right, a yeah, game is practical but yeah. in, in different and
0: another kind of altruistic ways, sure, sure. So, how long have you been kind of experimenting and looking at VR? And it's a, it's a couple of years, I mean, we, it's years.
2: something that we've uh we've kind of picked up on and, and ran with, and we were kind of looking at this. Probably about uh, eighteen months, two years ago, possibly we had a uh, an external company who came in. I uh, was looking at a uh, company called Medical Realities, mm-hmm. and they were looking at basically um, how VR uh, and cameras and, and VR. the kind of the new generation as, as far as cameras and digital technologies would help things like medical research. So things like if you did an operation, for example, mm-hmm. you had a, a three hundred and sixty degree camera that was doing things live, or sure. the fact, of course, you could you could apply it to to, um, to doctors if you're, you're, you're doing it um some sort of medical research and you're in a vr environment that assists and helps you in some ways as well so that's kind of kind of interesting so yeah probably, probably about 18 months two years on the time cool going. cool
0: so i guess jumping off that then we'll jump into the to the main topic of the show obviously our focus is very much media and um, we've been looking at vr and it's important and its impact uh, from a very kind of media perspective whether it be journalism tv really or that sort of thing but I think you bring kind of this interesting kind of alternate perspective in terms of, as you mentioned, like medical yeah. and things. So, so how do you think, kind of how important do you think and do you see VR well, it's kind it's of outside this media <laughs> context?
2: It's tempting to go, oh, it's theme hospital, but on an extreme. So sure. it would be very nice to have something similar to that. But I think the idea is is people are kind of slightly wary uh, of, of VR as, as they were when it originally came out about 30 uh, odd years ago. Uh, as as its clunky and doesn't work properly. Mm. But if you guys have, have played the games, you know that the the ability to to throw and project really quite high definition um, and very responsive images sure. uh, within the environment works really well. So so this idea of looking at um, medical research, I mean the, the guys downstairs are looking at this idea of uh, virtual um, skeletons and have it within a virtual space, so you could put your headset on and you could walk see so you way around a virtual body mm. in some ways and be able to sort of have some sort of haptic feedback in it as well. So as of as having your headset on, uh, you'd have sort of response to things. So sure. essentially you would have a power glove, which is what we refer to going back to the Nintendo days, where you have something that would vibrate some sort of haptic feedback on your on your gloves within within the things that you're doing. Um the other areas that people were looking at also were with things like um dentistry. Mm. Of course if you've got a a VR headset within a mouth within a mouth situation. Course, you start putting some sort of feedback and sort of push pull mechanism within then You're going kind have of feedback systems, it makes it so that uh, you're working without the need for heads, the need for teeth, the need for skulls, uh, and you get some sort of environmental work that's working. So, yeah, I, I think it's a uh, if there's not mainstream, yes, I think there's certainly a lot of people who will be looking at it maybe as, 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 a, as a kind of offshoot that uh, it's certainly worth exploring as far as research is concerned. Mm.
1: So, would you say then that the emphasis is on us as media to kind of then pick this technology up and show what we can do with it as media to kind of draw, uh, to have that kind of knock on effect of drawing more attention to the kind of research that you're doing with with applications in? You know, I think it, I think it, it's. I mean,
2: usually research filters down to to mainstream stuff. So you need know, people who are researching, obviously, sort of graphics cards, for example, game wise, um, and looking at that will filter down through, you know, a couple of generations at the time to, to a gaming market, for example. With VR, I think the things are running in sync with each other. I think we we as consumers want the headsets for new experience, and want the headsets for new gaming experiences, or or new virtual experience. I mean, something that we we laughed and did a podcast. a something back saying this idea the virtual porn is an interesting area to go into. Uh, and which is not what I want to particularly talk about that, that much, but it's an interesting idea of kind of how popular it will be, mm. because it probably will, uh, and what will happen with that. But I, I think the, the technology is there to apply it to something like medical medicine. Um also things like social journalism as well, this idea um, that maybe with with the cameras you've got here within the space, you can start putting sort of social journalism together. So I don't think it should be kind of maybe pigeonholed into gaming, or research, or, or citizen journalism, or kind of digital media stuff. So I think the idea is that it will propagate across most platforms, I think, uh, and in most areas. I think the technology is there, the base is there, and has been for a long time. But I think it's a case of just people picking us up and, and uh, working in sync with each other. So so you know, we have the gaming experience, but also the medical cards will be jumping on the back of the, the visualisation and the graphics environment for that that as well. Sure. But I also think um, it may be not just uh, gaming and also not just medical. I also think there's the potential for film. Hmm. Um, we did some work about a year ago with a, a uh, director called Brian Yisner. And Brian is a, a horror director from the eighties that most people haven't heard of. <laughs> um, but he was looking basically saying VR could be a way of, of reconnecting with an audience that's gonna lost its um its interest in horror movies. Um because of course you think if you put a headset on for example and you've got a a, a narrative of a film uh, that's working around you in, in, in some way in some space, uh that will be an interesting environment to work into. Whether you missed the thing that happened behind your head, I'm not too sure. But imagine playing a game in that, but also sort of watching a horror movie and, and being completely immersed within the situation. It's quite a a, a weird experience, I sort of think. Yeah, I, would I was
1: say. gonna say we we've seen experiences in, in terms of game wise, what is there? There's Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, which yeah. is supposedly mm-hmm. quite good, although that's on Rails. Mm-hmm. But obviously we've talked about and other stuff that we've been working on, like the the impact of Resident Evil and the take up of that. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's quite horrific. And there's things like the kitchen and stuff. It's interesting you say about the horror thing because um, I think that ties back into the health uh, and something we as media need to yeah. uh, cover is because while it might re it might kind of reinvigorate that genre in terms of film side of things. There's still no real discussion about the psychological impact of that. That's
2: it. Yeah, when we mentioned the, the porn element, um, there has been uh, reports about this and saying it was kind of an interesting area to, to discuss because the, the psychological area of, if you're, should, we, should we put it crassly, you've got. Somebody on there doing sneak to you on a headset. Sure. Uh, the, the psychological fact that it's, even though it's not there, is it cheating? Do you feel that you're, you know, you something on the internet, and switch it off? No problem at all. But you have that in an environment where you are fully immersed within an experience. The psychological effects of that will be quite, quite a peculiar yeah. thing. To kind of round
0: things up, uh, Robert, uh, where do you kind of see, or when do you expect to see, uh, VR and kind of 360? become more into the mainstream in terms of industry, uh, kind of outside the media whether yeah. it be engineering, medical, that sort of thing.
2: I think it's become mainstream now. I think the fact we can buy headsets in our local high streets, uh, we can go down and physically pick up the kit and the equipment uh, and play the games So it uh, has the fact that maybe for sort of the mainstream audience going to see sort of basically VR it is relatively kind of mainstream as it is. I think companies will take a little bit longer. I think the fact that um, there's a reluctance to invest too much, especially when it's the new technology that uh, hasn't been proven. I think a lot sure. of companies are so much slower, um, especially when we, people have been burnt by other you know, sort of technologies, whether it be Blu rays or curved tellies, whatever it could be. Um, a lot of companies aren't really that interested in spending a lot of cash. However, I think realistically, um, uh, pushing the edge uh, at the same time as consumerism is happening at the same time, I think, I think people will start noticing the fact you've got to be a headset at home. By your games console, by your TV, uh, that will, that will I think will eventually bleed into uh, into sort of research and design areas in in business and business. will be developing that as well as games. I
1: just wanted to offer a counterpoint. I disagree on that. <laughs> I think,
0: I, I, think oh, it is, I think it
1: is mainstream for businesses. I think the problem is is nobody really understands necessarily how to implement it in yeah. some way that it fits with them. And I think also, um, you know, working with the tech sector, it's like. Everybody sort of talks about coding as being a skill gap, mm-hmm. but actually, I, I see this as being a massive skill this gap, as and, and that kind of highlights why so much different types of content isn't available for those that have got. Not, it's not there yet, is it? There's yeah.
2: nothing. There's nothing being made yet. That's it's not. It's there, and we can pick it up, and we can pick up a specific game or a company. Um, can, can run with it. So I think we mentioned before this idea of, kind of the Ghostbusters guys they're doing this thing in New York. So they're they're applying the technology to a thing, but as it's not the same as film yet or DVD or yeah. or anything. It's not hitting hitting the public con- con- Excuse me, the public consciousness maybe is as much as uh, as a lot of stuff is. I think
1: for, that's why it kind of makes this technology interesting in the sense that the consumer demand is there for it. Mm-hmm. The gear is there for the consumers. It's the content that's the problem. Yeah. Um. There just isn't enough
0: of a well to be fair if you think about it then uh, everything's expensive as well why itself is like yeah. eight, quid. i would or? argue the convenience as well like as soon but as you start to see it become more convenient convenient to use and stuff mm. um, you'll see a lot more people kind of buy into it i think I'd argue, the price.
1: I'd argue cost isn't a factor because you know htc has said they've sold over a million lives you know playstation's close to it um you know daydream is doing well um the the mobile headset from google even though that's locked to google devices the same as samsung Gear. Yeah. even oculus is selling well you know and they're predicting something like 60 million various vr headsets by the end of 2017 i mean that's what I'm saying. It's it's not the cost element that's the issue. Mm. Uh, I think it really is the content because consumers are investing. I think, think, in think you're right. I
2: think in in many ways, um, this is probably where the technology element will come into that. People aren't using, seeing this as a legitimate cutting edge yet. There's there's tinkering. That I said so our department is looking at this stuff quite seriously. Um, but I don't know whether that's happening across more mainstream uh, universities as well. Um, it might be sort not of here and Warwick. Probably got very small departments looking at stuff. But when you start applying that into uh, the research comes as part of your guys stuff uh, as well as our guys stuff and across the board uh, and then kind of research takes and somebody sort of embraces it you know, a TV show because we've got a, you know, a TV show then we've got a virtual experience at the same time it doesn't become a thing; it all becomes more mainstream and, and we talk about it as we talk so about you're a, a CD player or a mini disc player and, and all these things that happened maybe that people want which is invest in this but, but haven't got that far in it or kind of it was evident redundant technology didn't go anywhere but I think realistically, I think, I think this will be around for a long time, hopefully.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, that's uh, from some of the people I, I know that work with us in the city and have, um, you know, set these up as businesses. They're kind of looking, it's a long, long term game. It's mm-hmm. not, not going to be a, a short solution, but I think that comes in full circle of why we kind of do what we do at New Reality Network is sure. that, you know, we're kind of aware that at the moment, to so to kind of do these apps and these experiences, requires a lot of kind of know how how to do coding and stuff, um, which is not a bad thing. But it puts a lot of people like media workers like myself off, because mm. I, I don't I don't have time to spend learning five different languages. So for me, it's about how do we do this and do this to a high quality where we can then. Because once we crack that, then that solves the issue with content. It mm. means we, we can put content out regularly, quickly into high standard without having to. It's a tricky retrain. thing it is a
2: consumer demand mm. is a creatives to put the consumer demand there, but it's also the, the technologists that will back up the creatives. to put So this kind of weird triangle of should we invest our time into this? Will people buy into it and people are, well, are we going to buy into it if there's no technology there? Uh, so this kind of Probably a little bit, a little bit of kind of loggerheads at the moment, just see whether the, there's no content out there to, to buy into. People aren't going to buy into it. Yeah, so if people aren't buying into it, there's no be no content made in the first place. So I think at the moment and there's no much, money being made. That's and it. it. Yeah, yeah. There's the, the Wii U situation yeah. where we we have uh, no one really picked that up and and man with that, unfortunately. So um, I, I think somebody somewhere within that kind of block, let's just just buy the bullet and just start creating kind of technical content mm. um, above and beyond games, um, above and beyond maybe sort of short experiences. Uh, we start looking at that as an environment that, you know, we, to 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 work with uh, education, to work with medical research, uh, and basically and if if kids start having this at school, for example, and you start looking mm-hmm. at it as a sort of a pedagogical sort of research and teaching tool, where where students put a headset and they can start playing about with bits and pieces. Big company like you know, Honda or Sony or you know some some people have got kind of experience as far as kind of driving uh, cars and things like this is concerned. Maybe that's the area to go into. You start seeing at events that events can bring things that to you. Well,
1: it's interesting to talk about the money side just to kind of, you know, follow on from that is that you and I have talked, uh, Brett, about the interesting ways that you can monetize events by providing that experience. Uh, and I think that's something that not a
2: lot of people are doing. It's, it's um, people, you see something like a, you know, a car show and you'd have people with headsets on in a car show, for example. But it, it needs to be more than that. It needs, that needs to be bought into a car, I mean the first manufacturers to put virtual headsets in the back of cars rather than TVs, mm. that would be interesting to see how that goes. Um, so I could you imagine,
0: having maybe? a, a horror cool. experience yeah, in the back of, the the car. Back of a car, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. Uh, cool yeah, so I guess that will uh, bring things uh, to a close, yeah. thank you for your time Robert, we appreciate you, you stopping nice. by uh, and that's going to about do it for, for kind of episode 2 of the Neural Network podcast, uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in and listening. As always, you can check us out on uh, your podcast service of choice, whether it be SoundCloud, iTunes, I think we're on Stitcher, uh, Mixcloud, anywhere. Just type in the Reality Network and you'll find us. Uh, but we encourage you to check out the YouTube version Are as well. Are you on the MySpace? Oh, now, MySpace might be a tricky one. <laughs> you may have to look Actually, into actually that that's not a bad idea
1: because uh, HTML coding
0: is quite nice. And that's, that's a good point. Yeah. You can have one less now on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Make all the difference. Uh, but yeah, we encourage you to check out the, uh, the 360 version on our YouTube channel, which is uh, New Reality Network. Uh, and you can follow us on social media. Uh, on Twitter, we are at New Reality Net uh, to keep up to date with all our kind of latest uh, kind of goings on and stuff. Uh, Facebook, we are New Reality Network. Uh, and Instagram, we are New Reality Network as well thank you all for your time once again and until the next one take it easy thank you